Hello everybody, uh, my name is Ivan McGovern and I want to welcome you to the More Than Meets the Eye podcast. This is the first episode, I had UFC fighter Mike Rodriguez on, uh, we had a great conversation. This is a long time coming that I've wanted to really deliver a podcast that gets to the root of uh, who people are beyond just what they do for a living. So I hope you enjoy, this is More Than Meets the Eye. Alright, so I want to welcome to the podcast, uh, UFC light heavyweight mixed martial artist, Mike Rodriguez. How you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing just alright. Um, I mean, so we'll get kind of the base stuff out of the way. Uh, you're in the 205-pound division of the UFC. This is now the third uh, organization you've fought with professionally, Cage Titans, uh, CES, and now the UFC. Um, yep. Of course, you just made your debut in Brooklyn a few months back didn't go the way you wanted it to go um so kind of to scrape away at that a little bit um people always say in sports that as you rank up to each level uh there's kind of a different speed did you find that that was the case uh going from you know cage titan ces now to you know the tier top tier ufc was there like a speed change or anything that changed in the normal feeling of a fight for you uh, in terms of feeling for a fight, it was just it was the same feeling I always feel. Um, it's just that um, the fight was harder. It was. It was one of the hardest fights I've ever had. Um, uh, that dude Devin Clark, he came out with, you know, he he was strong, a lot stronger than any of the guys I ever fought. He was um, very athletic. Um, it just, I just wasn't prepared for what he was bringing to the table. So when you were game planning for him, what, what didn't translate, do you think? Like, were you not ready for the level of wrestling he had? Because he was kind of just laying on you that way. It felt like when I was watching it, there were a couple moments, especially in the first and second round, where you uh, maybe had him in a little bit of danger, but then he would kind of just wrap you up, put you against the cage. Were you just... Was that something, that level of grappling, something that you kind of underestimated from him or what? Uh, yeah, I, I did. I kind of did underestimate him. So fighting my fighting at 205 um, before, I was always the bigger guy, mm-hmm. stronger guy. And uh, I was bigger going into that fight, but I wasn't stronger. He was stronger than me. And um, so he was able to get away with a lot of, things that he wants to get away with such as bullying me against the cage and everything so is that like the biggest like what did you take away most from that experience of finally being on a ufc card fighting um in brooklyn you know what did you take from that um going forward now as you continue your career um i took a couple of things from that um he made me a better fighter the fact that I, uh, I, not everybody you can just one shot them, right. you know what I mean? Guys are gonna, guys will try to find a way to survive and try to bring out, bring the fight longer and things of that nature. Um, I also learned that um, there's things that I need still um, in terms of you know in the wrestling department in terms of um, just getting my cardio up. Um, things like that. And so, and so the other, so yeah, no, I, I that's kind of how I would have, you know, hoped that we you would have learned as you know a guy that is rooting here for you. Um, yeah. So I mean, we're both Boston guys. There is a history yep. of fighting in Boston, just in you know the boxing now to MMA. Um, what was what my favorite parts about that uh, Brooklyn card was? It felt like almost all the Boston guys were on that card. Um, yeah, Kyle Bokniak, Calvin Cater, um, Joe Lozon, whose gym you fight out of, um, Rob Font was there as well. Is there like it seems like there's a camaraderie among all those guys? Is that just from you guys training together, having the same roots? Like where does that come from? Because you know I was was watching one video 
where you guys, you know, it was like you were all brothers, long lost friends, you know, all that kind of thing every time you saw each other. So tell me a little bit about what it's like to be in the Boston fighting scene alongside those guys. Well, for a long time, the, uh, the Boston scene or the New England scene, it was um, everybody was trying to it was like crabs in a bucket. Everybody was trying to get to the top. Everybody was pushing people down to get to the top. And then uh, as time went on, like, you know, we started to realize that if we all work together, we can all make it. So that we all have the common goal. We can, if we all are together, we all can make it. So um, something, I don't know what it was, but something shift, you know. Mm-hmm. And that shift that happened Guys started guys from all over started coming to Lozons. You know what I'm saying? Um, A bunch of guys started like was like uh, like oh we're gonna train there full time now. Like it just things started changing. You know? Yeah, I mean for me, I mean Joe was one of my favorite fighters ever. He was I think that was the first fight I ever watched was one of his fights. Do you? And he for me the way I you know remember you know MMA in New England, he's kind of one of the pillar guys. Do you think it's something about his disposition about, you know, we don't have to fight outside the cage. We can be all friends and this and that. Do you think it's really from his personality that that shift kind of happened? Or do you think it was before him? What do you think? No, I think it was definitely his personality. Um, the fact that he, you know, he opened his doors to all of the guys in New England. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's legit, like, maybe two people where he's, like, can't come to the gym. Other than that, everybody can come to the gym, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um... I just think that's that's great, you know. That's awesome, because we, you know, we don't. Other places don't have things like that, right? Like, uh, like I have some friends on the West Coast, and a lot of their gyms are like really hush hush, like to themselves. It's like you can't sit with us type of thing. And Joe's like the polar opposite. He welcomes like everybody. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, come get some work. Oh yeah, yeah, because he knows, especially if it's guys that will make his guys better, as well as his guys can make them better, you know? So, yeah. and I mean, every time I see him posting on social media, like it feels like a family atmosphere there, which I think is so dope in terms of, yeah. cause in, it's such a cutthroat sport of yep. fighting that to have that, you know, polar opposite type of personality that he kind of gives off is really fascinating to me. And I mean, clearly, you know, with the amount of guys that are coming up lately in the Boston, New England MMA scene, I mean, like, clearly that's paying dividends um, from what I'm looking at. So, I mean, I want to talk a little more about kind of your roots. So you're born and raised in Dorchester, correct? Yes. And then... um, you know, you're very proud of your Dominican culture. So yes, what, what was that like to, cause I mean, at that point, Dorchester, I mean, it's still kind of rough in spots. Like that was not the easiest place to grow up in most parts. Um, so talk a little bit about that as well as, you know, what kind of Dominican culture you had in your house growing up. So I'm very curious about that. So my mom is like, she's full blood Dominican and, um, she's a very like strong, Dominican woman so like um, Spanish was like heavily influenced in my household and uh, unfortunately I didn't it didn't translate over to me very well <laughs> I understand it better than I could speak it but um, yeah and uh, like all my families like I, like I like I'm black and Dominican but I grew up more Dominican if that makes sense yeah no I hear you so um yeah, I just had a Dominican household, and uh, it's just growing up in Dorchester was rough, as you said. Right. Uh, fights, gunshots, fucking robberies, all sorts of random crime was all happening and uh, living out there. So, despite of like trying to weave through all of that bullshit on top of born being born into like a single parent household. You know, child. my childhood was, like, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. You know what I mean? My mm-hmm. mom did what she could do for us, for, for me and my two brothers. And, um, yeah, that's it's just, it made me who I am today, you know? So, from what I understand, you know, in my research of you, you started Muay Thai at 17, but yep. were, were you doing anything before that, you know, in terms of 
you know, sometimes when you're in Dorchester, like, you want to find that outlet to keep you out of those dangerous situations. Like, what were you doing before you turned to Muay Thai? Before I turned to Muay Thai, I was running track to keep good, to keep my grades up. Mm-hmm. I needed, like, something to, like, a, a plus or something, something, something to motivate me more to do good in school. And I didn't even, I didn't do good in school at all, you know? Mm-hmm. I uh, I just did like the bare bone basic minimum to get by. I uh, but yeah, I ran track my first two years in high school, and then uh, my third year that's when I found Muay Thai, and I was just like, screw this, I'm not doing this, <laughs> I'm not running track no more, and Start I just stuck with Muay Thai. A little better. Yeah. <laughs> so it. Oh yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, no, I was just saying that it, it became, like, a huge, like, at the time when I was in school, um, I, I see, it was, like, a real big distraction to me because mm-hmm. I was too involved with just training, and I was letting it, I was letting my schoolwork suffer, and even the guys at the gym was telling me, like, yo, stay in school, do your schoolwork, blah, 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 and, um, I was like skipping school to make it to classes and stuff like that. It was getting real bad. Right. And my mom pulled me into the side and she was like, listen, I don't ask a lot from y'all. Uh, do whatever you want to do. If this makes you happy, then do it. But um, the only thing I asked you is, could you get me a high school diploma? Mm-hmm. And then you can do whatever the hell you want. So I got her the high school diploma and then I just kept fighting from there. So, yeah. So from time you graduated high school, tell me about what was the journey from there to starting to compete at Cage Titans? Was it almost immediate that you just jumped in and started doing pro stuff? Nah. So I uh, I fought amateur. I had an amateur career. I, um, I went from being at a gym in Dorchester to transfer to a gym in Quincy. And I trained at the gym in Quincy on the uh, Kenny Kwan. And uh, he pretty much, like, gave me the MMA background that I needed. Because before, mm-hmm. I just did Muay Thai. Right. And he was like, oh, let's let's change up a bunch of stuff. So he changed a bunch of stuff, helped me get better, you know, things of that nature. And um, he gave me my foundation, I would say. And uh, he, uh, I got my amateur career through him. I went four and one as an amateur five and one as an amateur and um yeah it was really cool I, that's that's when i fought for cage titans i okay. fought for cage titans as an amateur so at what point did did you start because i've always kind of wondered this it's you know something about fighting where everyone gets given a nickname at different points of their career so i've seen your name listed next to bones i've seen oh. slow mike like, yeah. Wh- wh- where did all those come from? So, the Bones one, I'm not sure. I don't even like it because um, obviously there's someone else's name Bones. Yeah, there sure is. Yeah, so I think that's so stupid. Um, and then uh, the slow one is more personal to me because when I went to Lozon's, I- I've been doing nothing but Muay Thai pad work. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, Muay Thai is very methodical, very like slow, you know, very powerful. Right. Compare compared to boxing. Right. Boxing is more finesse, fast, etc. So I came over and I started doing boxing mitts with my boxing coach Steve Mays. Mm-hmm. He was like, "What the fuck is going on?" He was like, "Kid, <laughs> you move like molasses." And you know, I try, I'm like, I, "I don't know. I'm just doing what you tell me to do." And he's like, "Man, you're fucking slow." <laughs> and then uh, they used to call me Big Mike, and then that's when Slow Mike started transforming. When I used to always go over there, like I was like a feature, I would just come over and on sparring nights and on marathon grappling. Mm-hmm. They used to just call me Big Mike. Oh, Big Mike, you know, Big Mike, oh, Big Mike. And then when I started going there full time, they're like, no, 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 that's Slow Mike. And Slow Mike just stuck. It's just the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let, let's make a jump. Probably the. What's got to be the favorite fight of your career, I would think, in terms of achievement, um, when you got 
uh, when you were on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, just how you got your contract to the UFC. What was the selection process like that, or for that you know event? Were they just kind of scouting you and said, "This dude's been you know killing guys." You know, you were on a four fight win streak, I believe, or three fight win streak going into that. Um, yeah. Like, how did that come to be? I have no clue. <laughs> you, just, have, you just got the call. I like obviously like to some degree like maybe I know at some point. Maybe, like, they talked to Joe, and Joe told him about me. Mm-hmm. They talked to my boxing coach. He probably told him about me, my manager. So, because when I got there, and I was at the PI and everything, mm-hmm. despite of them, like, you know when you first meet somebody, they know who you are, they call you by your name to try to remember your name and everything like, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like, try to use that exercise? Right. Well, these people already knew who I was. And I was like, how the fuck do y'all know who I am? Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, Michael G. And, and it wasn't like, it was none of the, like, none of the introductions were like, oh, how you doing? Like, you know, like, running the mail introductions. It was all like, oh, I finally get to meet you. And I'm like, okay. So, like, you know, they, they must have spoke to them about me or whatever. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I had no clue at first, but it was awesome. It was a magical experience, man. Right. So, you know, so I, I was going back through a lot of those videos because that was kind of how I first um, learned who you were was watching that. Because obviously, yeah. you know, like I said, like I've been following Joe for six, seven years now. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, it's a Boston guy, you know, get behind him easy. You know, that's easy to support a guy like that. So, yeah. you know, I remember seeing you were very, very emotional um, as soon as you won your fight and as soon as they gave you that contract. Um, and, you know, you've talked about that fight itself enough. Um, for those that didn't watch, quick synopsis, uh, first round knockout by flying knee, Jamel Jones was the opponent. Um, but what I want to talk to you more about was you know, the emotion that you seem to be overcome with um, in, you know, quote-unquote celebrating the win. You know, some of the things you said were that you were kind of giving yourself a pep talk. Um, yeah. And, you know, you were saying that it's it it's different because you're fighting two fights on that night because you have the at one side the fight itself that you're fighting Jamel Jones as well as you're fighting all these other guys to get one of those, uh, I think it was mostly usually two contracts per night. So, like, yeah. what was going through your head as you're, you know, gearing up for that fight as opposed to all the others? Um, as I was watching all the fights, because I was the quote-unquote main event mm-hmm. for that. Um, so I'm watching all the fights, and I'm like, I'm like, holy shit, like, that was a good fight. Um, the first fight, I was like, I can top that. Like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to top that. I'm going to beat him and uh, get that out of the way. And then the second fight uh, was a really good fight. And I was like, holy shit, that fight was really back and forth. I'm like, ugh, those little dudes can't bring it. The third fight was also another one. I think that was the Alex Perez fight. He's a fucking beast. Mm-hmm. He uh, he slapped that darts on that kid. Right. I and I was that like, one, yeah. shit. And then the fourth fight was, an, was, uh, was decent. It was all right. And then, uh, and then it was me. And then I'm like, listen. And I was telling myself, listen, you got to go out there and you got to knock these people out their fucking seats. You know what I'm saying? No matter what it is, you got to set up, you know, be sharp, be fast, like, you know, be first. Just give myself a pep talk. And I'm like, you have to set up everything. So I went out there and uh, he, you know, not, not, knocking him for anything or his talent or anything because dude's a stud but uh he helped me set up the knockout mm-hmm. it feel like yeah so he helped head drop the knee, the hands were dropping yeah i see yeah he he just he got on sync with me like he got onto my rhythm and i started to feel i started to feel his movement when i was doing things i was like flinching at him and like doing shit like that and he was reacting to everything and moving and reacting and i was like and I kind of can get him do whatever I want. Like, you know what I mean? It was like he was, like, becoming, like, 
an insect inside of a spider web. Like he just was like mm-hmm. just getting caught into it. Like he just didn't know what was going on. And then next thing you know, boom, I hit him. Like I, like again, I'm not, you know, I'm not fucking Nostradamus or anything like that. But I think the way everything was set up in that fight, I, I think I could have hit him with anything and put him out. Did, so you like? Did it feel like there was like? Because that's the way you talk about that is so fascinating to me, as you know, a non-fighter that you can kind of tap into that extra sense and just feel, you know, that he's doing what you want him to do, you know, and you know, are you, you sounded very aware of that in the fight. Is that just something that comes from you know hours of training or? Is that, you know, something that you think that is a skill that fighters have that most people don't to be able to kind of just tap into that? I, I think that's a that's a uh, um, that's definitely like an experience thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you become I think that's when you become experienced in something where you can when you're able to read your opponent, whether if you're playing whether you're fighting or playing fucking Yu-Gi-Oh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there and you're reading the board and you're like, okay, he's doing this, he's doing that, like and you can read it, you know what he's doing, you can project what he's doing. I think experience come with that. And then the other thing, you know, you were going through your pep talks and you know you got to be this, be that. You gave a quote in your you know post-fight interview that like it sticks with me because I think it's just a perfect quote. Like, if you listen to this quote, you're going to want to run through a wall, and it's only five words, be phenomenal or be forgotten. And I remember, you know, that being the title on all the YouTube videos, and I was like, that's such a dope line, because, you know, you're not talking about fighting there, you know, that can be used literally in every facet of life. Um, Is that something, is that a phrase that you've lived by, you know, for a while, or just something that kind of came to a forefront before that fight where you knew that this was your chance to get up to the UFC? Well, first things first, I can't take credit for that quote. It's not my quote. As much as I love it, it's not my quote. Um, it's a uh, it's, uh, it's guy named uh, Eric Thompson. He's a, a motivational speaker. It's his quote. And since I've probably, I would want to say since my... My first CES fight, when I fought Pat um, McCrowan, he beat me. In fact, he beat me the same way, the same sort of way that um, Devin Clark beat me. Mm-hmm. The same exact way. It's very, it's very similar. And um, I lost. I was bummed out. I uh, like a week later, I started to get into like, like motivational speaking, like not not like me doing it, but just me listening to them. Sure. And um, I heard him say that he was giving a speech to some some team, uh, some team called Wolfpack. I don't know some NCAA team. Okay. And they um, he said that to them. He said, "Be like you know, um, you either be forgotten or be phenomenal." Like that's what it's. And I'm like, "Yo, that shit is awesome." And like, it just stuck with me. And it's something I tell myself every single day. I tell myself all the time. I tell myself, like, doing anything. If I'm making a PB&J for the kids, I tell myself, like, you know, I just. Yeah. Who else? And it, oh, go ahead, please. Oh, no, it just, it, it just brings the best out of me when I say it. No, I think it's so funny because I feel like I'm always getting caught in those. Like, that's one of my go-to YouTube rabbit holes. It's just like motivational speaking like who else do you is that you know was that just a random thing or you know who else do you like to listen to or was it really just that one time after your first no, CES fight are no, you still doing that I, I listen I, yeah I still listen to it sometimes like sometimes I, I stray away from it but like when I when I need the little extra kick in the ass that mm-hmm. I'm not getting I, uh, I I I dabble back into it I should get back to it read it a lot more me watch it a lot more um, but I like listening to him I listen to uh, Inky Johnson, um, Les Brown. Uh, there's a new guy that I just started listening to. Usos podcast, and he goes through like a a uh, a little sermon before, like each one. He goes to like this little like motivational sermon and like get people to believe in shit, or whatever. Each every mo- I think every Monday morning is his, hmm. 
which is like perfect because you know everybody hates Monday morning. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's perfect. It, it gives you that extra drive on a Monday. And then have, uh, you, have you listened to uh, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk? He's one of my go-to. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love Gary V. Yeah. I um I don't I don't always listen to a lot of his because um not saying that it doesn't pertain to me because I mean like you right. obviously can take it, stuff from there too. The nine to five kind of yeah normal. yeah but yeah. I, but I, I still like a lot of the stuff he says right you know a lot of the stuff he says but more, mainly I try to listen to guys who who talks to athletes you know right of course because it you know that's directly your life so yeah another thing you know you kind of briefly mentioned it with the kids. Um, that was another interesting thing as I was going back through some of your interviews after the Contender Series. How much has, you know, so your uh, wife is a nurse. You got two kids. Is that right? Yep. got two kids. So how much, what has changed from pre-Contender Series to where you're at now? You have a UFC contract. It offers, you know, more money, more stability. Like, how much of a difference has that uh, made for your personal life, being able to, you know, be the stay-at-home dad otherwise than training? You know, how has that been? Um, it wasn't, like, a, a major, like, crazy, like, boost because it's not as consistent. I wish it was, like, every couple of months or something. Right. But um, it, um, it, it definitely was good. It helped a lot. Uh, it helped us move into a bigger place, you know, it, it helps us with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It always does. But And then, so what, because the other thing I'm interested in is, you know, anything that could make your mindset a little bit different than someone else. So what has changed in your mindset as a fighter since having kids, if that makes sense? So, you know, from when you were, you know, just you, but now, you know, you have these other people who in your family that depend on you. Has that changed your mindset as a fighter at all? Yeah. It, it makes me more mindful. Like I, I think so like before I, um, I used to be like, yeah, whatever, you know, like shit, like, you know, whatever this sucks. Whatever. Like, you know, I didn't really put that fourth effort in. I like skip practices and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like, if if I skip a practice, it's because like I'm either too tired from working so damn hard, or or like I physically can't afford a babysitter. <laughs> like yeah. that's the only time I really skip practice. But uh, now it's like they're like my little motivation. Like my son, he's I'm probably like his his biggest hero. He's always asking me like, oh, did you go, are you going to the gym? Did you go to the gym? You know, and he things of that nature. Um, it's just so funny. Before you even, before you even uh, called, I um, I was looking on my on demand, and I'm like, oh, there's some fights on. Let me see what fights on. I go to Fox Sports One, and I go over and I look, and I see the poster of uh, Usterman and uh, and uh, Maya, and he sees it, and he's like, oh, Dada. I'm like, no, 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 that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> so. With that, uh, I had a question. Now I lost it. So, oh, sorry. Uh, where was where was I going to take that? Um, being a dad. So, oh, so you know, how old's your son? Or my son is three. My daughter is eighteen months. And so, obviously, it's way too early to think about this. But would you ever want them to follow suit? Like, I feel like a lot of people that have been through the fight game or you know now it seems to be coming to a forefront in football you know don't want their kids to you know follow that same path would you want your kids to fight or would you want them to kind of find a different avenue i want my kids to do whatever makes them happy i don't want them because you know me being the age that i am now me seeing other kids the same age that i am now and, you know, I see kids that, like, kids are being finished with school, and they fucking hate their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, like, when I first, when, like, these same kids that when I first met them, or when they first were going to the school, they was all, you know, uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed about their career path that they chose. And now that we're about to hit 30, everybody hates their fucking job. Mm-hmm. So I, I, 
I would want my kids to find what they love. Right. And let they, let it kill them. Like, find what you love and let that shit and kill you. just chase it, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, chase that shit till the wheels come off. Because, like, you know, yeah, it's great to get paid. It's great to do every Like, you know, it's great to have these things. Great to have nice things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't mean At the end of the day, happy. though, yeah. you got to be happy. Exactly. And I'm just like... I'm like, you know, I, I'd rather them be happy. So if, if it's, you know, fucking sweeping gym mats and doing all that, living with us for him to, you know, go get a title, whatever the case may be, what well, by all means, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I will support that. I, I wouldn't have no problem if he's doing something like that. I have no problem helping my kid and supporting him or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, it, as long as he loves it, if he loves doing it, if right. he's just doing it like uh, going through the motions, I'm like, listen, you got to figure shit out. Like you got to move it along, you know. But yeah, I don't, I don't care if they become fighters, lawyers, doctors, accountants. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. As long as they ain't drug dealers, I'm straight. Or right. any other fucked up thing, I'm fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the last thing, I, I mean, I just can't not mention this. The last thing I want to ask you yeah. about the contender series, um, before moving on a little bit, is. I mean, you met Snoop. Like, what? Like, that it doesn't matter wh- what you do in life. Like, you know who Snoop Dogg is. Like, what yeah. was that experience like? Did you expect to get that opportunity? Like, you know, was it like something where, you know, when people meet someone that they've looked at in the public eye for so long, they don't live up? Like, how was that? No, he lived up to everything that, like, what you see on TV, paper, whatever. That's Snoop. Like, that's the cool thing. Like, I met other celebrities, and they're, like, a little different than they are on TV. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, like, that's understandable. But he is who he is. Like, you know what I mean? Unapologetically, yeah. Yeah, you know, when I when I seen him, he was like, man, you fucking cold. He was like, when you land that knee, whoo, boy. He was <laughs> like, you know? And I was just like, oh, shit. But, like, yeah, he was cool. Like, he wasn't, you know, he was, he was straight, man. Yeah. He was cool. So I want, I want to hit you with a couple – kind of rapid fire word association thing, you know, yep. whatever, whatever you feel, whatever makes you think of favorite method to finish a fight. Knockout. Any, any particular way punches, kicks. Don't matter. Don't matter. Knock them out. Yeah. In your opinion, who is the goat in, in MMA? The goat in MMA. Mm. Such, such a tough one. Yeah. I mean, today. I, yeah. You can go any different way. Yeah, you can go. Uh, you can go with so many people. Um, I understand. Like you could say John Jones. I get why people would say John Jones, but at the same time, you could say Randy Couture. At the same time, you say uh, Fedor. At the same time, you say BJ Penn. Uh, you know, like it's so many guys. Like this, there's so many guys who just are so good and who who dominated their divisions and like got multiple titles such a such a just a a, a controversy conversation um today who i would say it is i would have to say john jones so he's actually the next guy on the list like what when you think john jones you yeah. know given you know that's your division you know that he's been no one's beat him. You know, people yeah. think Gustafson may have, but, you know, he's been the guy. But there's also all this other stuff, baggage that comes with John Jones. John Jones, what does that make you? What's the first thing you think of? I just think careless. I think he was really careless. Kind of reckless. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, who, what fighter inspires you the most? Either in, outside, you know, wherever it may be. Um, excluding from obviously Joe, mm-hmm. a fighter that I I watch and I get and I'm like, man, like I I want to go to the gym and train. I want to do that. Honestly, believe it or not, I was just talking with someone this the other day. Luke Rockhold. Hmm. And I, dude, I think he's so fucking smooth, man. I just think he's so smooth. Like the way the the way he do shit. You know what I mean? Despite him getting knocked out by Bisping and everything, mm-hmm. but like. Uh, his fight with Weidman, yeah, it like every time I watch it, it motivates the hell out of me. It's random. I like I don't. I, I've seen 
millions and thousands of other fights that you would think that would that would bring those feelings out of me. But that fight, for some particular reason, it motivates the hell out of me every time I watch it. I don't know what it is. It just brings these emotions out of me. And that's what I love about fighting. Like the fact that so, like a fight that's like it, it was it's probably it probably will never go on a list as like one of the greats of ever or any on anything list. But I don't know. To Something me personally, you, yeah. it fucking gets me, dude. It gets me going every time. I don't know what it is. I have no clue what it is. So when you're watching fights, um, so obviously you're a southpaw, Luke Rockhold, also a southpaw. Do you tend to gravitate more to those fights um, because you know you can kind of visualize yourself a little more in that, or where does that kind of work as a you know guy where there is less southpaws than orthodox fighters? How does that correlate to how you're watching fights? Yeah, I, I watch. I always watch for southpaws to learn like little southpaw tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I always want to learn. You know, I never want to stop learning. I'm never like. Never like, oh, I'm done. You know, I'm always trying to learn, always trying to learn. So, like, I, I would watch other Southpaws and see what they do. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, okay. And I pick up a lot of things, a lot of, you know. And, uh, and um, yeah, I, I always watch Southpaws mainly. I always tune in as much as I can. All right, so another guy that I've heard you talk about in the game right now, what comes to mind when you think of uh, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse? That man, you can say he's the GOAT. You could say that. I think he's number one pound for pound, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I think he's the fucking man. If you want to say a perfect fighter, he is the damn near close to it. That boy is dangerous. He can strike with the best. He can strike. He got really good footwork. He can wrestle. You know what I mean? He's smart. He has really good fight IQ. Like, he's just got it all he has it all you know not every fighter has that you again if someone would say he's the goat i would not argue with it mm-hmm. and then last fighter that i want your you know first thought on you probably know who's coming but joe Lozon, you know you're kind of i don't know what relation it is to you whether you know he's one of your coaches you would say or just a training partner no, nah, he's one of my co- he's one of my coaches and a trainer partner. Mm-hmm. Well, he won't roll with me because I'm too big, right. as he said. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's my coach. He's my MMA grappling coach. He's my grappling coach. And then he, uh, yeah. So what? Like, t- t- talk to me a little bit about you know because I I heard one interview where you said without that transition to Lozon, you're probably not where you're at today. Like, what does he mean to absolutely. you? Absolutely, that man is. Is everything, dude. He's, and you know what's the cool, the cool thing about him, is that he just, he just sits back, and just let you do your thing. He's, he won't come after you for a dime. He won't come after you to tell you to do, X, Y, Z. Like he'll just sit back and watch you do your thing, show you what you're doing wrong. If you're doing something wrong, like he's just an absolute straight shooter. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's kids, countless of times where I'm like, I fucked up on something. He pulled me aside, but let me holler at you real quick. He fixes it up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right. he was doing this wrong or whatever. Like he, um, there's one of the guys on the contender series. Uh, he was on a contender series my, my season as well. Uh, Greg Rebello. We was training early today, and uh, it was like me, him, uh, Eric Spicely. Eric Spicely fights in UFC. He's he's actually fighting next weekend. He, um, we're all training. And, like, Rebello did something maybe that was, like, not the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. And legit, like, Joe was like, all right, you know, that's time. Everybody have a good day, whatever he called to the day. He was like, Rebello, come here, let me show you something. And he sat there with Rebello for about an hour and just breaking down things, going over uh, what he was doing over and over and over again in so many different forms and give him so many different views and looks of how to do stuff and it. It was just, it, it's just, that's that's what makes Joe, Joe, he's just a remarkable person. Dude. Mm-hmm. He's, he's amazing. Like, you know what I mean? He's amazing. And what he brings to the New England area is just, he's just a man, you know? If you're in the New England area and you do not stop at Joe, like stop by to see Joe, to 
get some feedback on your game or something like that, you're, you're a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Like, the dude is in the New England area. Everybody in New England should come through and see him. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the guy, you know. You know, he was the guy that, you know, even when... Because UFC and MMA, obviously, just all together, is kind of still growing. I mean, I, I only started really getting hooked in college. You know, yeah. in the last five years, like I'd watched Joe though, you know, like there mm-hmm. was this talk. It's like, you know, especially cause you know, I knew him also cause it's like, you know, I'd be watching, you know, and I want to get into this with you a little bit cause I know this is your thing. You know, I'm watching video game stuff and you know, all this and that. And that's how like the name Joe Lozon got in my brain. And now it's like Boston guy, you know, let me check this out, you know? And ever since then, like he was the guy that got me into it too. Um, yeah. So Three more quick answer questions. Um, the UFC fight right now that you're most looking forward to watching, or I guess we can go MMA altogether. You know, maybe there's something in Bellator that's got your eye, but fight that you're most looking forward to checking out in the upcoming future. I, I do want to see that DC and that Stipe fight. I ha- I, that was that was that's that's very high. I want to see list. that yeah. shit. That shit is gonna be crazy. Um, do you I do want to see that yet? That's one of them fights that it depends on who shows up. Right. But I do have it going like 60, 40 DC. I think DC has more, just because that wrestling pedigree, mm-hmm. he can do a lot with it. He can do a lot with it. You know? Yeah. He can, he can, he can do the, it. It had got him out of a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? Oh, so. I think I definitely think he can do something with that. Um, there's another fight I was looking forward to, um, the TJ fight, TJ and, and uh, TJ and um, No Love fight. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a banger. That's all the way out in August, but it's, it's gonna I, be I feel a dope like that's fight. another one. Like every time, like that, I I felt the same way going into the last one. Like that, I mean, both dudes. You know, I mean, I mean, I guess it's up for interpretation, but I think you give ten more seconds in that first round, and TJ's the one getting knocked out. Like, yeah, that one feels yeah. Like it can go either way too. But I think, I think, I think T, TJ, I think TJ ends it. And I think, I think TJ just, I mean, um, yeah, I think TJ ends it. I don't think he'll go a third. I think TJ just beats him mm-hmm. the next next time. Yeah. I think TJ found a way to get him. And I think he's going to exploit him, and he's just going to do the CJ thing that he does. Yeah, I mean, the scary part watching that last one is, I mean, if you're getting knocked out by TJ Dillashaw, you better watch out for everything else he's got. Cause, he's I mean, nasty. That dude's he's nasty. got it all, too. He's, um, na- he's, he's nasty. Yeah. So we'll get in a little more past the fighting now. Um, just a few more things. So finish these two sentences. Every day, Mike Rodriguez's goal is to what? Get better. Mm-hmm. And then, well, yeah. yeah, go ahead. If you want to elaborate that on that. I was saying just get better uh, just as a person in general, whether it's a better fighter, better father, better husband, better friend, like whatever. Just become a better person. I, like I'm all about evolving and, and, and getting better, like getting better with everything else, with everything. And then what's the thing – so the thing that drives you most is what every day? That same thing? Um, between yeah, those things, uh, getting better and uh, fighting and training-wise, becoming a champion, I really want to become a champion. I, hey, with, with your mindset, I, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, <laughs> That's just going to carry you. All right, so I want to talk to you a little bit. I mean, you even mentioned UVO a little bit uh, earlier. Yeah. You are, and I mean this in the best way possible as a total compliment. Like you're a total geek, dude. Like, <laughs> like you're out there tweeting today about you know uh, esports. Was it Rainbow Six Siege? Oh yeah, dude. I'm big. I'm so big into it. I'm glued to TV. It's yeah. so funny because like I um my dad called me. He's like, yo, what? Are you? He's like, yo, you're watching the game. I'm like, are you watching the game? He's like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, dude, Pensa and fucking and uh, 
Evil Genius is a plane. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but the Selk's about to play or Selk's on or yep, whatever. Yep, and I'm like, I was like, nah. I was like, nah. Yeah, so I was listening to an interview and you were saying, you know, you just don't follow sports at all. You just had no interest. But no, like, I follow I you on. Dumb. I've followed you on social media now since you know since the Contender series. Like you are deep into this, dude. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'll, yeah. I'll admit, like I was checking out the you know Six Siege. Like I've never played it. You know, yeah. like, I, I've always been very simple in my gaming. Like I've always just been like the sports gamer. You know, like, yeah. For some reason, that's what. And I was trying to watch. It. I was like, man, like I I can see the intensity in it, and it's like, but. You know, like the way you're reacting to it, like you know, you've got these guys' Twitter handles, like you, you, you're in this real deep. Like, I respect yeah, that's that. my shit, man. <laughs> and then, so off that, like, have you been? You know, where do you fall on the Fortnite? Have you been playing Fortnite too, or you just? Uh, so before I became a fad, I was playing Fortnite, and this was back when it was a closed beta, when it was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it just had so they have two modes. They have the battle royale mode that everybody plays, and they have the save the world mode. Mm-hmm. I had bought it for the save the world mode back like a year, almost two years ago now. And I was playing that mode, and then they were like, "And uh, when you had bought that mode, they was like, oh, it's another mode coming soon.'" And they finally released the um, the battle royale mode, and I played it a couple times, and I wasn't crazy about it. I'm like, "Oh, this is cool," but I just wasn't crazy about it. And then um, uh, PUBG came out. PUBG was like the shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it blew up. Fortnite blew it out of the water. Like, it's crazy. And uh, and I was just like, holy shit. And all these, like, everybody, celebrities, like, yeah, everyday I people. Say, I mean, when I think about how the Fortnite fad blew up, like, like, I feel like it all tracks back to that ninja stream with Drake. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. like it was that night and overnight, like everything just blew up. And it was like I, I stayed off it just because, like, you know, for so long. Like I'm on it now, but and you know, I realized why I stayed off it is people were like, man, like I'm so addicted to this, like. And I was like, I know I kind of have a little bit of that addictive personality with gaming, and I was yeah. like, I'm staying off that. And then you know, someone hits me, you know, it's free, and I was like, well, now nah, I got. You know, no excuse not to at least check it out. <laughs> yeah, and know. you know they get you good with that one. They they did a really good job. I I just like it didn't it didn't keep my attention. I just I don't know. It just didn't. And I. Uh, but what are you gaming on usually? Are you a PC I, I play guy a lot or? of Rainbow Six. I play a lot of Rainbow Six. Um, right now I'm in a mix. I'm in a in a uh, like trying to help build um an esport team myself. Um, I'm not really in on like the gameplay per se i'm more in like helping out with strats helping out with like um we're just recruiting getting better team guys getting guys helping guys get better and stuff like that i'm not because i don't have the time for it you know right if i had the time if i like didn't you have want to be kids involved, or but you just don't have the time to be the player yeah exactly I exactly but you know I, I help out in other ways and um yeah, our the the team that I'm helping out, like they they're getting really good. They um just got to work on a little bit of things, but we'll we'll they'll, they'll, we'll be getting there soon. Is that uprising? Oh uh, no, uprising is the Boston. Um, yeah, is is the Boston uh, Overwatch team. Okay, that's a professional team. They um they uh they're owned by Rob Kraft. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what they what's they play they play is... at um they play at uh at um. Patriot Palace and, oh, okay. and one of their little rooms they have some little room that they have huh. they play there yeah it gets live there when they play <laughs> so what what's like what's your squad is that still just in the works or like where oh we yeah no we're still we're still in the works we're still in the works um we even we're like we, we just joke around and say that seems called team pending because we don't even <laughs> have a name yet right so uh but uh yeah we just wish everything's still in the grooming stages it's a lot of work to get a team going. You know what I'm saying? Right. From scratch. Because, like, you got to pick out the guys who actually want to be on a team and guys who just like, oh, I'm just doing it just to, you know, be cool and hang out with my yeah. friends. Yeah. Because there's kids that's out there that, like, legit, like, how how there's, like, the LeBron James of a basketball team. who There's kids out there that's, like, every day fucking shooting a basketball on the basketball right. court whatever. 
there's kids like that in esports. You wouldn't believe it or not, but there's kids out yeah, there that's no, like I mean, grinding every day. It's so interesting to me because, like, I remember I was always uh, just my personality. Like, I was attracted to people that, you know, would commentate over their games, you know, on YouTube and like high school and all that. And people yeah. are, you know, I always went for the kind of the more comedic side, um, mm. like people that could make it entertaining and had the skills. And yeah. I mean, sometimes to watch these you know, esports events, like, these dudes are in the zone, like, this is what they live for, it's so fascinating to me how that's become the new athletic, you know, Yeah. and it's like, I don't knock them at all, because, like, I can't do, like, the same way I can't dunk, I can't go out and get 30 kills a game, you know, <laughs> you know whatever game it is, yeah. um, so I, I think that's dope that you're trying to do that, and then, uh, so I remember you were streaming on Twitch. Like, what happened to that? Do you ever, um, you ever think I, about going back to that? I, I do. I definitely do. Um, I just haven't had like been able to set up a time block to do it. Right. Because there are uh, like when I try to do it, like kids are running around everywhere and they're like loud and you know, right. Just things like that. So I, I haven't had time to do it. But like, I, I definitely like doing it. it was, it's a lot of fun. Like, you know, people like to tune in on it. Right. Um, you know, uh, I meet a lot of cool people. I met a couple cool people on a couple times I've done it. So it's cool. Yeah. What, what are you gaming on? You PS4 or Xbox? Yeah, I'm on a PS4. Right. Um, I've been thinking about getting an Xbox. I haven't fully committed to it yet. <laughs> I I, I was say, we, we, we may need to link up whatever game it is on PS4. We'll figure something out. Yeah. But there's legit, like, esports and Every like this highly competitive in every game. Esports yeah, no, in every I think, game. I think it's I think it's such a cool new niche where you know even for me growing up, you know, getting yelled at by the parents like, yeah, man, get off that. And now like it's a legitimate profession. Like I think it's mm-hmm. so cool to see. You know, I've always believed that. You know, I forget who I heard say this. Then you know, the next five ten years, fifty sixty percent of jobs in ten years may not have even been invented yet. Like I think we're in, with the, all this technology, like there's so much changing, and I feel like esports, you know, on the athletic side, you know, competitive side, like that's definitely at the forefront. Um, like I think uh, it's a dope little thing. One of the best, one of the best FIFA players in the world. You wouldn't believe who it is. Like I'm talking about, like if not, I think I think he still probably holds the record as like the best player right now. In FIFA. Yep. Man, like, I feel like that's one of the ones I've been paying attention to. Who 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 are you thinking of? Drew Brees. Really? Yep. I heard Ocho is nice. Him too. Yeah. Drew Brees, like, plays on a competitive level. Really? Uh-huh. Same thing with Madden. He won uh, Madden, um, Madden Challenge, like, in 2000, I want to say 2009 or something like that. Huh. Maybe that's why they yeah. put him on the cover a couple years later. I know, right? Yeah, he had won it. Uh, yeah. Huh. You'll be surprised. Like, a lot of those sports games, a lot of, like, athletes and celebrities play in a lot of them. Well, yeah, because, I mean, they, they can take that knowledge right to, you know, that some of that does, the stuff game, does the translate. Ga- last year, the game was the number one player for Madden. He was the number one guy for Madden. Yeah, I feel he like he's got you know, so, so much money now that he just got time to do nothing else. He'll just chill there all day. That dude yeah. made his buck. Um, so it's funny you bring that up. Like, I feel like I – so when I follow you on Instagram, like, you're blasting music. Like, you got some wild music taste. Like, talk to me, like, some, yeah. some of the stuff that's your favorite stuff. Like, I feel like you uh, show some love to the local guys. Like, tell me a little bit about that. Um, my favorite band, uh, all-time favorite band is Thursday. Uh, they're from Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh they were like one of the first big bands to burst out on the scene in the emo scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, Lincoln Park. It's one of my biggest favorite bands. If, I, if it was for Lincoln Park, I would never know my friends. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I met. Uh, it's funny. So um, I would. Uh, I went to this place called the Baker House. It was an after school program, and in the after school program, it was like a bunch of like troubled teens and stuff. Teens right. trying to get their lives together, and. Um, there was these two kids, Brandon and Reese. They're two of my closest friends today. Um, 
I, I was always like trying to hang out with them. And they're like, nah, nah. They kept giving me stiff arm. Nah, nah. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Okay, cool. And then one day, um, I was just at home. Um, it was like getting ready for school. And I, I saw um, Lincoln Park had a video on. And I was like, holy shit. It was like in the end or something like that or right. crawling. Yeah. And um, I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm like, this, this shit's ill. So then I, it was in my head all day. And then I got to the after school program and I played it on a lap, on a computer in a computer lab. And then Brandy came in. He was like, yo, who's playing Lincoln Park in here? I just raised my hand, but I was like, kind of like nervous because I didn't want people to be like, yo, turn that white shit off. Like, that's what <laughs> the first reaction people always say, like my brother and shit. So um, he was like, yo, I love Lincoln Park. And I'm like, for real? He's like, yeah. And then we just clicked ever since. We just became friends ever since then. And then we end up drawing Reese in because of Pokemon and history, the rest is history. But um, yeah, um, Defeater is a Boston band. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, I like, um, obviously, I like all, a lot of the other emo bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, uh, I just like Take It Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance. Uh, I like Under Oath. I like Devil Wears Prada. Um, I like Boston Minor. I like Touche Amore. Uh, these are just bands I'm listing off the top of my head right, that yeah. I've been listening to in the last couple of days. Uh, Arctic Monkeys, I've been listening to them. I like their new album a lot. It's so funny because, like, I feel like, like that was the type of stuff that everyone, you know, my age was listening to as we were coming up. Yeah. And then it was like, like middle, like that was like middle school. Like I remember all that stuff being played, and then it was like everyone just kind of branched off from it. So it's like all the, you know, I don't even remember half of them anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's so funny. Like Lincoln Park's one of the ones. Uh, like Green Day, like they're not quite emo, but they kind of had that alternative sound like I, I was never a green day fan really never nah i never liked green day huh people always say they say why you don't like green day like they're so awesome i'm just like man i just was never really a fan it never drew my attention i mean i like the uh i like some a couple of tracks from the uh the american idiot album yeah. but like their older stuff what like made them who they are mm-hmm. i never liked it never huh. was crazy about it just like when people, uh, people always like, fucking, <laughs> they always get mad at me when I also say I wasn't a huge fan of, um, of like uh, Rage. Wasn't a crazy Rage fan. Hmm. People be like, what? How you not like Rage? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like some that's songs one of the I just, pillars. Yeah, I know. I just, I just wasn't wasn't crazy about them. Um, don't get me wrong. There's some songs I like, right. but like, not as a matter of fact, I take that back. Like a I take fan. that back. There's actually a whole album I like. I like the uh, the Battle of L.A. or whatever it's called. That album, I actually like it. And um, the reason why that album grew on me was it because like like I was listening to it my own free will. It was because when I used to do Muay Thai, one of the instructors would always play that fucking album. Mm-hmm. He would always play that album, and so it just grew on me. And I was like, all right, I'll just accept it as <laughs> is. The album's good. But I, I didn't like a lot of the other stuff. Does your music taste like does that factor in you know with training and you know like what kind of stuff is getting played at the gym and you know like uh, does that all kind of go hand in hand or is that kind of a separate passion? Uh, at the gym, Joe plays a bunch of stuff that like his his playlist is kind of whack. Some of it's kind of good, some is kind of whack. But he lists he picks up music from places where he heard that gets him moving. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. He like he like all right this song it gets me moving I like it like he likes songs that like you norm, normally people would like dance to shit that you hear like Sissy K's or something you know what I'm saying right just kind of keep that movement up and all that yeah 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 so he's like yeah I, I like stuff like that but um me personally like I, I like like stuff to get me moving too but not like the music he likes I like listening to like hardcore and shit and right. That stuff gets me going, gets me fired up. So it's it's so funny. Like I'll kind of wrap up with this because one of my favorite things um, as a fan of fighting and you know combat sports is I think that a lot of fighters just kind of their brains are not wired differently, but they kind of just work a little differently. Like you know you talk about you're talking with your dad. You know he's 
hyped for the Celtics game, and that's something that never, you know, sports are something that never really worked in, you know, for you. You know, yeah. your music choices are kind of out there, and, you know, people would say, you know, turn that white music off and all this and that. <laughs> like, you have a very individualistic approach to life from what I'm hearing. Um, yeah. And I feel like, there's so many interesting things with the way a fighter's mind works, that being one of them. Um, yeah. Or, you know, for example, like, you, I feel like you're always messing around with people at the gym or pranking people, you know. I feel like I'm always seeing you doing some weird, goofy stuff. But at the same yeah. time, you know, you're able to turn it into killer mode once the cage door locks. And, like, that first, so many people, I feel like, wouldn't make sense um, if that makes sense. So where does, where, how would you characterize the way your mind works, you know, as opposed to just a normal person on the street? Um, I think, I think that, uh, one, I don't think people have, you know, the flight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. People always like try to look for like a way out. Like they don't like confrontation and stuff of that nature. And me, I always been like, I, I just, I don't know, like, my friends and my brothers always said, like, yo, you got no fear. Like, you're like, that was like, you're like a green lantern. Like, you got no fear. He's just like, and I, I always just like, I ain't fucking backing down from nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, so, and I've always felt like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here. I don't know if it's answering answer your question, but I just like, it's just, I never backed down to anything. And I always just had that. I'm able to do and enjoy whatever, but if shit hits the fan and I got to knock somebody the fuck out, it will go down, you know? Like, Do you think that's something that you're born with or, you know, is that something that you develop, you know, where you grew up? Like, I feel like that's something that most people just don't have. Definitely you got to be born with it. I don't think it's something that you can have. I don't, I don't think it's something that you, that I don't think it's something that you can like develop. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just you either have it or you don't. It's just that simple. You either got it or you don't. It's simple as that. Like, you know, some people some people don't have it. Some people do. You know? And it's just it's one of those things. So, I don't want to take any more of your time. I've already had you for an hour now. Um, nah, man. It's cool. I'm not, I ain't doing shit. I'm just here <laughs> chilling. So. What do you got going up in the future? Like, what's coming up? Like, do you have another fight lined up or... You know, you can't talk about that. You know, uh, maybe, no, or... no, 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 no. I don't. I don't have no fight lined up. Um, I don't have nothing lined up. Um, I just, I'm just like chilling, getting better. Um, I'm gonna go and hang out in Montreal with my friends uh, next weekend, this upcoming weekend. Um, I haven't been on like a trip or anything where I'm not training mm-hmm. in in a couple of years. So. I'm going to enjoy that. Um, I just like want to chill, maybe have a drink or two. Nothing major. Um, but yeah, I just let loose a little bit um, and then get back to it, get back to the training and everything. But I'm just in a in a growing mode right now. I just want to get better, like th- just doing things to get better, things to, you know, and just not be so overwhelmed with fighting. And because that's, that's how people fall in like break up with the things that they love right. so when they get so overwhelmed by shit. So I'm like, I don't want to get burnt by that. That's like the number one question, not, you know, trying to throw shade at you, but that's like the number one question everybody's always asking me like, Oh, are you going to fight soon? I'm like, right. nah, I'm just, just trying to chill. Just trying to chill. That's all. Right. Some guys, some fighters hate it. They're like, no, nah, man, fuck that. Like, don't ask me. Some guys like get really like bent out of shape about it. Right. I don't, I just feel like, no, nah, I'm not, you know, you're just, looking, just trying to, looking forward to chill. Yeah. Good Memorial Day weekend up north. Yeah. I, I never, never, never been. You know, always wanted to. go. Yeah, I just no, wanted I, to go that's somewhere. One of, that's one of the places I haven't been. I've always wanted to go up to Canada. Yeah. Especially, I mean, this time, you know, starting to yeah. warm up. Beautiful up there. All yeah. right, man. So, um, at Emrod MMA on pretty much every social media, right? Yes, sir. All right, give the man a follow. Uh, Loves using his gifts. Real quick, yeah. I feel like you're one of the t- guys. Like I'm looking at, like you're always using gifts to, you yeah. know, express yourself. Like, wh- where where does that come from? Because I feel like there's only a few guys like that. 
I'm so like I'm so animated. So like I can't like I gotta show people my expression to things that I'm saying, or you know what I mean, like yeah, no, I or how that. I feel about something. Because they ain't going to know if I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a little happy or like I'm slouching in my seat if I text that. I mean, if I like, yeah, if I send that to them via text. So I'm like, I just got to send them a gift. I'm like, look at this. Here it is. <laughs> I, I, like so, that. I like that reasoning. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to describe me is those things. So I'm like, there you go. All right. Well, you know, next time I'm up back home, back in Massachusetts get together maybe i'll come out and train a little bit come on man you know share a drink if you need that if you need to let loose a little bit let's do it but i appreciate i appreciate you coming on being willing to be the first guest you know no problem all i know none of this audio is gonna fucking work you know you know i'm a rookie at this too all right brother hopefully it does have a good night yep well i hope you all enjoyed that interview with UFC light heavyweight Mike Rodriguez. It was a blast having him on as a guest. Um, I ask that you really do consider giving him a follow on social media. It's at MRODMMA on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to follow me, feel free to do so at Ivan McGovern on Twitter and at the Ivan McGovern on Instagram. I'm going to be trying to get some content out on both of those platforms real soon. Um, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. And hopefully you enjoyed this episode and we'll tune back in for the next episode. Thanks for listening.